Tonight, yet another staggering heat wave striking fantasy football. Welcome back to the Brodo Heat Wave, powered by the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. 32 teams in 32 days, brought to you by the Brodo team, Mike Petrop, Jason Petrop, Tim Petrop, and Santiago Casanova. Welcome back to the Summer Heat Wave, powered by the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. 32 teams in 32 days, doing it Brodo style, discussing every single fantasy relevant player up until the start of the season. Today, we are going to take a look at the Cleveland Browns. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, joined, of course, by the only two twins that give you double that fantasy football goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop, and the mastermind himself, Santiago Casanova. But before we get into that, we want to remind you to download the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, the only app that has every single tool you need to draft a winning team and keep a winning team during the season, and it's absolutely free for a limited time. On the app, you get tons of features, including fantasy player cards, the Who to Draft tool, player comps, podcasts, consistency charts, game logs, coaching tendencies, articles, rankings, waivers, and every single statistic you need, including advanced statistics and exclusive statistics like true throw value, true target value, true performance value, rushing yards over expected, and points per opportunity, excluding TDs. This is free for a limited time. Thanks to our wonderful, wonderful patrons over at patreon.com slash Broto Fantasy. Join now to support the show and the app, but most importantly, join to join the community on Discord, play in the leagues with the Broto Bros, get an extra podcast per week, waiver podcast, private team consultations, free giveaways, and so much more. And as always, the Broto Hub, fantasy, BrotoFantasy.com is where you can find all things Brodo. This is our last stop in the uh, AFC North, but some people's favorite to win the AFC North for the first time in a long time. Reigning head coach of the year, Kevin Stefanski, comes in with Alex Van Pelt as his offensive coordinator, running it back in year two. Last year, they were 14th in scoring in the league. PFF's top offensive line coming into 2021, it's returning all five of its starters. And they had the fourth highest run percentage in the league, basically 50-50 run to pass. Uh, Nick Chubb is their all-star running back, and they also have Kareem Hunt in that backfield. So there's no reason to think that they won't be a run-heavy offensive again. Jason, uh, how are you looking at these guys? Because the price of Nick Chubb is something that, for me personally, although I'm not against it, I'm not mad at you if you draft Nick Chubb, I personally believe that Nick Chubb is the best running back in the NFL. And not for nothing, I was saying that before. It was cool to say that. You could check the tapes. I can't bring myself to draft him as my best player if I know he's going to be splitting time with someone who's not equivalent talent-wise, but is also an above-average NFL talent. So I'm having trouble drafting him at ADP. How are you feeling about Chubb and Hunt? I think I like Chubb more than anyone else on this podcast. And I hear the I hear the concerns. Um, on PFF, he was 27th in expected fantasy points. Um, he was fourth in rushing yards over expected. So if you look at those two stats together, that tells you that he should have been worse based on the work he got. But he was very good, but be, uh, because of his skill level, and I'm betting on the skill level here. 
if you look at his 16-game pace last season, because he played 12 games, so a lot of people, like casual fans, will just look at the total numbers the day they draft, see the numbers, be like, oh, it's not that good. His 16-game pace was 1,422 rushing yards and 16 touchdowns. And, look, I know it's not a lot, but his 16-game pace would have been 21 catches and 200 receiving yards. So it's not like he's going out there and not catching any balls. That's an extra 40 PPR points. Like, Antonio Gibson came out of college as a wide receiver, and he was and he went 36 and 247 last year through the air. So it really just depends on how these people use their running backs. And if Nick Chubb is going to end the season with 40 points worth of receptions, but he's able to put up 1,500 yards and almost 20 touchdowns, he's going to pay off at ADP. Because another important thing to note is that the Browns are favored right now in 13 of their 17 games. So if they are going to be that division-winning team, it's going to be because Nick Chubb is running it through teams' throats all the what time. About, what about Kareem Hunt? How are you feeling about him? Because I, I, not to cut you off, but I rode the Kareem Hunt roller coaster last year. And I'm telling you right now, as a person who had Kareem Hunt on his team, I looked back and I saw that he finished as the RB10, and I was utterly shocked. Yeah. Because it didn't feel like that at all. Um, so, how are you? How are you looking at Nick Chubb, uh, who, at Kareem Hunt, who is going in the fifth round again, kind of where he went last year? Uh, how are you feeling about him? When it comes to Kareem Hunt, I look at the numbers, and I'm like, you know, they were good. Like, and you know, Kareem Hunt's a good player. It's just tough to get on board. I don't know. It's just uh, that gut feeling type thing. Because he was running back seven in the first half of last season. Half of that half was without Nick Chubb. Running back 17 in the second half. His ADP is... I mean, his current like expert consensus ranking is in the 20s. So you'd think, like, why isn't he a slam dunk? If even his last half of the season, he was running back 17. And it goes back to something I said last year. He's a backup running back. Like, while you guys were drafting Kareem Hunt, I just I said, I don't want a backup running back in the fifth round. And as you just noted, his ADP is still there. Do you want a backup running back in the fifth round? Last year, he was running back two or better in nine of 16 games. So in seven games last season, he wasn't helping you in any way. So he'll put up numbers through the air, put up numbers on the ground. He'll be explosive because he's Kareem Hunt. And you know what? At the end of the year, he'll probably be at least running back 20. But can you start him week in and week out? Can you trust him? I don't know if you can. And in the fifth round, I'm probably taking another player. He was one of the main guys in my overall finish points per game report with the biggest notable discrepancy of running back eight overall finish than running back 20 in PPR points per game finish. That is a ginormous discrepancy to be a mid-range running back one end of season and a mid to low end RB2 week to week. So I'm with Jason. Just Even when Chubb went down, he wasn't that stud top five running back that we all expected him to be and wanted him to be. So I'm not really on the hunt bandwagon this season either. I I think that it's, it's, it's tough because last year a lot of Hunt's work came in the fourth quarter. And a lot of his work came in times when the game was kind of over and – Nick Chubb sat and gave and handed the ball over to Kareem Hunt. And the Browns, I was listening to the Around the NFL podcast, which if you don't listen to that, 
podcast. I could tell you to listen to it because it's not a fantasy podcast. Um, it's a it's a great like regular uh, NFL podcast that's like sort of lighthearted, and but they had the creator of of on, and he does not believe in the Browns this season. He thinks that he has them at eight wins. He there was. Um, there was a lot of situations where they outperformed what they should have and a lot of one uh, one score games that they won and they lost a lot of talent on defense a lot of people aren't really paying attention to the fact that they lost guys like Sheldon Richardson and, and others on that defense uh, uh, Vernon Olivier Vernon who made who made impact who, who weren't the greatest but were impact players so if they don't have a defense that's on the level of the defense they had last year is the running game as called upon and I don't know that. And when and when it comes to, like, you have to be very, very run dependent if you're going to support two running backs of the caliber that you're expecting to be supported of Kareem Hunt and and Nick Chubb. So I just, you know, even Mark Ingram and, and Alvin Kamara, the poster boys for two, two running backs in the same backfield could work, they were kind of a, a short-lived project right and i think that this I, I don't know i don't know i'm uh, cleveland scares me man and the fact that they're the browns it just scares me it just does um let's go over to the hmm the tight ends michael the tight ends here and i, I don't want to talk to you about the tight ends because guess what, how much the tight ends were um targeted what percentage of tight ends were targeted of of the overall targets last year for the Browns? Uh, like 19%? 30%. Oh, it's more than I expected. 30%. Now, those numbers are skewed. And I think the running the running numbers, too, and I, I didn't mention, are, are skewed, too, because they had, th- uh, I think, two to three games where the weather was atrocious. Like it was so bad where you you, you didn't throw. Yeah, that and then was they nuts. had that one. They had the COVID game against the Jets where they had no wide receivers active. So that's three to four games where they're forced to run a ridiculous amount. That again, you know, these things buoy players. So, you know, I just I, I worry about drafting Browns in general this year. Michael, how about that tight end room? The Joku, Harrison Bryant, uh, Austin Hooper. Uh, what's going on there, man? Yeah, I mean, I was a big fan of the Hoop Man himself last season. Um, obviously, it didn't work out great, but his season was an interesting one with an injury just smack dab right in the center that slowed him down right when he was starting to rev up. He started the season slowly on his new team, just seven receptions through the first three games. But then in weeks four through six, he was a tight end one in each game, catching at least five balls in each. And that's when he got hurt. Uh, he came back after missing week seven through nine. He struggled upon his return, and then at the end of the season, in weeks 15 and 16, he had back-to-back tight end one performances again. He was 14th in true target value, uh, which was better than his 21st overall finish, so that shines some light and possibly him improving coming into this season. I don't expect some sort of like crazy explosion from Austin Hooper this year in on an offense that doesn't pass the ball um, a crazy amount. It's not a super high octane passing offense but let's not forget that Austin Hooper got absolutely paid prior to last season he became the most expensive tight end in the league at the time when he signed his contract 
I don't think they're just going to push him aside. Um, he's going at tight end 19 currently. I'll be taking him there all day. Cass, I'm uh, sorry. I, uh, I you had a you had something to add for the running backs as well, and I and I skipped over you, but I don't want it to go to waste. Um, uh, about Kareem Hunt. Yeah, I mean, even though Chubb went down last year, and we know uh, Hunt is an above average back, he still didn't get either the usage, the efficiency, anything. He wasn't top ten in anything, any of the statistical categories that we track, except one. And he was number one amongst RBs in in receiving touchdowns. So that's something that's definitely not sustainable year to year. And which probably what ballooned his PPR eighth overall running back finish. And it's not something you can count on for next year. So if you're looking at end end well, season end finishes and seeing that RB eight, it's you're lying to yourself because he's not gonna get the the receiving touchdowns he got last year, and hopefully Chubb doesn't get injured. So he's not someone you want to draft high. We've chronicled many times on this show that Baker Mayfield is significantly better with OBJ off the field. But here comes OBJ again. OBJ dropped into the, the 10th round of my of my Scott Fishbowl draft to the point where I had to draft him. It's like, I, well, I that's mean, odd scoring. That is odd scoring, but still, he's still OBJ. Does he have anything left in the tank? And if he does, does that leave room for Jarvis Landry and and Donovan Peoples-Jones as someone who's been making a lot of noise uh, in training camp as someone who's been sticking out? Kevin Stefanski is someone who, he, you know, so far his only experience at OBJ is the team is better without OBJ. He doesn't strike me as someone who will force obj to be a part if he's actively going against the intent of the the goals of the team so with that being said what do you see at obj here this is i think this is the million dollar question because you have a guy who in theory has the ability to, to finish as the wide receiver one but also as the wide receiver 50 so where do you see him i'm not touching that buffoon <laughs> I'm tired of hearing that OBJ. Buffoon is hardcore. That's a hardcore word. And I'm not throwing shade to him because everyone says it. I'm tired of hearing that OBJ has the potential to end as the wide receiver one. It's not fucking 2015. I know he caught a pass with one hand against the Cowboys on primetime. <laughs> Enough. It's been a while since we saw that, that OBJ. It's been f at least four fucking years. And if you look at the last four years that he's played, he's played 7, 16, 12, and four games. Guy can't stay on the field. And when he's on the field, when he played 16 games, he ended as the wide receiver 16. Big deal. That was lower than his ADP that year. The year he played 12 games, he ended as wide receiver 26, lower than his ADP that year. He just tore his ACL. He only saw seven targets a game last season. He was 36 in the true target value. And he's being drafted as wide receiver two because of his fucking name. I don't want anything to do with OBJ this season. At all. And I don't want Jarvis Landry either. Mr. Four catches for 70 yards, and maybe I'll catch a touchdown one every three games. I don't want to touch any of these pass catchers. Landry's a boring flex play. OBJ is a name that's going to disappoint you, and you're going to have someone who outscores him on your bench. And Donovan Peoples-Jones is fun to say. <laughs> and that's, I mean, that's my spiel on the pass catchers. Those are heavy words from Jason. Would anyone want to... Cass, how do you, how do you feel about... The, do you agree? 
Uh, not completely. I'm, I don't hate OBJ this year. I have him as a back-end wide receiver, too. If you can get him as your wide receiver three or drafting around the, the late 20s, early 30s range, not not overall, just wide receiver-wise, he's. I think he's a solid play. He cannot be worse than what he was last year on the field. So, I mean, if he is, at me on Twitter. But I don't think he'll, he will. He's just going to give you decent play. Not going to be home run play like he was in his rookie year, but He's not terrible. Do you know what I like about OBJ? And earlier in the offseason, like as I told you, I just got him in the tenth round. He's my wide receiver three. If you can get OBJ as your wide receiver three, then I think it's a great play because he has this potential. And Jason can dismiss the potential all he wants, but the potential lies there. It's it might be dormant, but it is there. And he so as your as your wide receiver three, if he busts, all right, no big deal. I'll move on. But as your wide receiver too, that's more of a big deal. So I, I like him in that sense. So I'm probably not going to have much of him on my team because he's just going too early. From what I've heard so far, we like the prospects of the running game, but we don't like the prospects of the passing game so much. So, Michael, let's talk about the quarterback, the key to all of this, Baker Mayfield. Now, last year I told you guys, because you guys are numbers guys, you guys like to crunch the numbers, you guys like to have all, all this stuff that backs up your statements, and I'm, you know, I like that too, but I also believe in human nature, and Aaron Rodgers last year became MVP because of human nature. Everything that, ha everything that has happened since then in the offseason has just confirmed that Aaron Rodgers took that pick of Jordan Love personally and let it lead him to an MVP season. Baker Mayfield is in a contract year. He's playing for a long-term deal. He sees the deals that are going on around him. Josh Allen, the guy picked third in the draft that he was picked first, just got a giant bag of money. Just dropped on his on his face. I think it's like 190 million guaranteed or something like that. And I don't have the numbers in front of me, but the numbers will be updated soon on the Brodo app. Booyah. Are they already updated? Probably soon, right? It just happened. As, it will be as, tonight, yeah. Yeah, as of recording, this just happened. Yes. Um. So he's looking for money, and he got a good offensive line to stand behind. He's got good weapons to throw to. For me, if you're in a super flex league, going into the season with Baker Mayfield as your second or third quarterback is something that I'm, I'm I would do just for that upside play. I'm actually in a super flex league with Cass and. I have Baker Mayfield, so I'm putting my money where my mouth is. Are you in agreement with me, Michael, or is Baker a guy that you're not touching? Yeah, I mean, look, Baker Mayfield was someone I absolutely loved coming out of college, but he was 27th, and opinions change based on play. He had a tremendous rookie season, has struggled a bit since. He was kind of a game manager last season, and he was never able to just put the team on his back and be a star QB. He was 27th overall. In points per game in 2020. Um, ginormous difference from the 18th overall finish. You don't really see that big of a difference um, with quarterbacks because they typically stay healthy. But a 27th overall finish in points per game is literally a bench player, even in two quarterback or super flex leagues. And the Browns were a top five rushing team in terms of rushing percentage last season. They still have Chubb and Hunt. Baker was 16th in true throw value, which is better than where he finished. And Shows that he could possibly improve a bit. But OBJ is back, like you stated. And typically getting back a receiver of that caliber makes a player better. 
Baker Mayfield has sucked with OBJ on the field. Like, he's just been way better without OBJ on the field for whatever reason. There are many conspiracy theories out there. But who knows why? But he has been better with OBJ off the field. That's a fact. He doesn't have much upside on the ground, really. He is he is not a rushing quarterback. He rushes when he is forced to, but he's not by any means nimble, really, with his feet. His top 10 weeks last season were against Cincy, Jacksonville, and Tennessee, three absolutely tremendous matchups, and then against Baltimore, which was the only tough matchup where he was a usable asset. I just, now he's going as QB 18. The fact that he's going ahead of Kirk Cousins is laughable, absolutely hilarious, absolutely a joke. Those are the people that make fantasy football so much easier for the rest of us. I'm just, I mean, I'm just, I don't really see it. I'm not really in on Baker Mayfield. I don't really see this offense changing too much. He'll likely have some spike games, maybe against the uh, in, in division games if it's a blowout or something and they have to pass a lot or if it's a really tough fought game and it's like a 35-32 game. Maybe he has a nice game, but I really don't see this huge breakout potential for Baker Mayfield this season. I will mention this for Baker. last From week 12 on last year, QB 10, QB 4, QB 3, QB 12, and then QB 34 week 16 against the Jets when he had zero wide receivers, and the Jets beat them. So, I mean, he played well at the end of last year, and he's motivated. But there's no real numbers reason why I could tell you that Baker Mayfield might be a good player at all. I, I just there's there's no <laughs> there's no number reason. It's just like maybe this guy blows this year. Maybe take a chance on him if you're playing with two QBs in a super flex. That's all. Like that's the best I could say. And with that, it also speaks to the weapons, right? Because when you don't like OBJ, when you don't like Jarvis Landry, when you don't like Donovan Peoples Jones, when you know that the running game is gonna be dominant then all of a sudden you you know you don't like the quarterback. Hollywood so, Higgins. No, or Hollywood Higgins. Who plays well when he plays. I don't know, man. I think uh, Cleveland Cleveland might be in for one of those classic Cleveland disappointments this year. I hope not. But they're the defense. I think they're a good overall team and I think Baker's a solid like game manager. I just don't really I don't think he's shown that he could be anything more than that at this stage of his career. I'm taking the Ravens in this division. What do you guys what do you guys think? Who wins the division? If I had to bet today, I'd also say Baltimore. Same. If you had to put it in, in oh, order. I know who Cass is picking. <laughs> Guess. <laughs> the put Bengals. it in order. Put it in order. I'd probably go Baltimore, Cleveland, Pitt. And then Cincy. Um, Cincy. Yeah. Today I'd go with that order too. I think this is probably the, the most competitive division in the NFL right now. I agree. I, I think it's Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Cincy. I agree with Tim. We'll see. We'll oh, so see. Cass didn't put Pitt first. Yeah, nah. I mean, I got to be realistic here. Hmm. I, I mean, I rarely get my biases get the best of me, and this is not the case. This uh, is too- the Ravens are just superior. I got to be honest here. See, Cass, is, interesting. A, Cass I mean, is a numbers guy. He's he's calculated. The Jets are going to win their division. So, <laughs> um, One injury away, a guy that is one injury away. Last year it was easily Kareem Hunt, but we were wrong about it. Kareem Hunt wasn't one injury away. In fact, lost a lot of people a lot of games. Being, eh. yo, he just lost wasn't a stud. Up. Yeah, he was still decent. You're over nah, exaggerating he was, a bit. He was terrible. He was like he was worse without Hunt than he Chubb than he was with. He was like it was like a negative when it was supposed to be a positive. 
So it was a net net overall even more negative. Uh, but trust me, I rode the Kareem Hunt ride all the way up and down last year. I, I remember it vividly. Um, so I'm gonna go Donovan Peoples Jones. I think Donovan Peoples Jones. He's the he's Baker Mayfield's type type of guy. If OBJ again can't stay healthy, that's the type of guy Baker likes to throw to the the underdog, the the hustler, the guy who's gonna work for everything he got. Um, so I think Donovan Peoples Jones is uh, is that guy. Also, David Njoku, who we didn't really mention. Um, if he can get some playing time, I, I just his athletic profile is so off the charts. If anything, I'd rather have Harrison Bryant. Right, that's yeah, fair. I agree. I think he just jumped Joko on the depth chart. Yeah, I'll go Great Harrison demand. Bryant. He's a he's an athletic dude. Injury away, I'll go either Donovan Peoples Jones just because I wanted to say his name, Hollywood Higgins, or uh, the son of Jeanette Jackson and Robert Higgins Jr. What? <laughs> Did you just Google? Yeah, I Googled Rashad Higgins. His, his name is Robert Higgins. Were there, so I wanted to so say them. Rashad Higgins the third. Then I oh, know Robert is Robert. Yeah, you said Robert Higgins. Uh, Robert. Robert Higgins. Higgins Jr. So he's not. He's not a. Third. Why does he go by Rashad? His dad oh, is Robert. His dad is Robert. I was about to say <laughs> his name is Robert, but he goes by Rashad. That would be. Yeah, cool. Michael. Why don't you go by Dennis? Wow, that's not even Michael's middle name. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> even it, that. Oh, it's his yeah. dad's name. It's his dad's name. Duh. And his nephew's name. Now, Yo. booyah. Yo, um, real quick shout out to baby Dennis, Tim's new son. I went on a road trip down the East Coast, including a stop at Disney World. And the only souvenir I brought back was a little Mickey for Dennis from Disney World. Because I had to. When I was at Disney World, I was like, there's no way I'm going home without a without an authentic Mickey from Disney World. This was supposed to be like a he- nice story, but Michael said... It's the only thing he bought, and it's because he had to. So in in translation, it's I'm a cheap fucking. You know, this was a little cute, so I got it for the baby. I had to because of my heart and soul, not because I had to get him a gift. Jason calling someone cheap is, is hilarious. But Jay, did you get me anything said. from Austin? <laughs> no, the souvenir All right, sucked. then. The, <laughs> I'll tell you, the twins are notorious souvenir givers to the point where every time they go on a vacation of any sort, I get a souvenir when they come I back. I like giving souvenirs. And I don't reciprocate, and I feel bad about oh, it. Oh, you're I'm the worst. You are really bad at if you go to like, If you so leave the state, you need to get a souvenir. I disagree so hard. Like you it's leave so the country, you definitely need to get a souvenir. Oh, not state. Sorry, country. Yeah. Like Jason, once he went to France, and he got me a, a French shot glass, which I appreciate because of the fact that, I don't know, you guys don't know this, but I have a, a shot glass collection from everywhere I've been around the world. I call them the shots heard around the world. And I see the France shot glass, and I'm like, oh, I didn't, I didn't earn you. Get out of here, France shot glass. So put but it I can't else. take it out either. So just give it back to me. I'll use a shot glass. Yeah. <laughs> Suck me, what are you going to take shots? You act of- like you're going to go to visit every country and actually have shots heard around the world, dumbass. What if, what if, what if I win the lottery dumbass. tomorrow? I'm coming with. <laughs> I'll meet you in Tunisia. Um, we'd love to win the lottery of apps. So if you download our app, that would be great. The Fantasy Football by Brodo app. We could just earn millions ourselves. Duh. Fuck the lottery. Um, so download that while it's free because it's not going to be free for a long time. Uh, what else? BrotoFantasy.com. Patreon.com slash BrotoFantasy. The reason why it's free are those patrons who uh, support the show. So shout out to every single patron uh, that we have. We love you all. Seriously, we have love for you all. Uh and most of you, most of you guys, we know personally. So we have even more love than just uh, the fact that you help us out, uh, which we do all very much appreciate. Um, and yeah, Twitter, 
You guys say your ads. I'm 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 tired of talking. I'm at Brodo FF Mike. At Brodo FF Jason. At Brodo FF Casanova. And at Brodo FF Tim. See what we did there. At Brodo Fantasy for everything. Every team. Every, every little thing. This is this is all, my man. this is my un uncountry connected accent. It is everywhere. This is a world universal accent. It's the dumbest shit you've ever done. Doing, man. It's Janice Stop. Petropolis, man. It's, it's This is the world universal accent. That's the accent. Like put, when, when you sit I by put, your super dope shot glasses that only you provided. That's right. <laughs> that's right. So that's all the accents combined. Dumbass. All of them. Including my New York accent, which my wife tells me I have all the time. And I kind of, now that I've been told about it, I kind of hear it more. And I like it. I'm not trying to get rid of it. This is who I am. New York City, baby. All right. With that being said, later. Later. (laughs) Heat wave.